morning, Zion Baptist Church. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us worship our God today. Let us exalt his holy name. Let us not forget all of his benefits. Our God is worthy uh, in, of all the glory, all the honor. Uh, he is our redeemer. He is our strength. He is our source. And so as we look to the hills which come with our help, let us prepare our hearts and minds to worship our God today. I want to open us up in a moment of worship as we start to worship this morning from reading Psalm 121 to lead us. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective say. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Psalm 121, praise God that he is our shade, he is our keeper, he is our shelter. We may look to him and trust him and believing in him, for he is our keeper. Uh, he is our rock, he is our refuge, he is our redeemer. And because he is our great protector and provider, these are the reasons why we can wake up every morning excited to bless him and Surrender our lives to the one who bled and died for us that we might know life and life more abundantly. Join me as we prepare our hearts and our minds to allow God's word to to come into us, to transform us, to change us. And may we be open to grow and mature and walk in obedience according to God's gracious word and be obedient to his wonderful, good and pleasing, a perfect will uh, in our lives. Join me with you. Uh, join with me in prayer, will you? Mighty God, we are grateful that we can look up to the hills which cometh our help, knowing that the earth and the fullness belongs to you, that all that's within belongs to you. Lord, there's nothing outside of your reach, outside of your scope that you are not able to touch, you're not able to speak, and that things may change and transform. Father, we are in awe of your holiness and your righteousness. And we thank you, Lord, that you've called us to be holy, to be righteous by us coming to come to know your son, our Lord and Savior. Father, speak to us, guide us, direct us as we are desperate to hear a word from you that we might see Jesus and have your word hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you. Transform us, renew us, refresh us as only you can through your word, Lord, we pray. Amen. Again, good morning to you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us this morning for worship. As we look to our God to guide us and direct us on today, we'll be looking in the New Testament in the first letter of Peter. First Peter, uh, we're looking at chapter one, uh, looking at verses one through nine uh, for our morning message. As we prepare to receive God's word, encourage you to like, subscribe, and stay connected through our YouTube, through Facebook, and through our website. Also on Zion's website, you can download our app and stay connected with us mobily 
as well. And also you have opportunities to give online through the app and through text to give as well. Thank you again for joining us this morning. Um, you open up your Bible with me in the first Peter is where we'll be. And we're going to talk about today about knowing your value. Uh, I want to talk about today that how sometimes we remove ourselves uh, from help, from support and from people when we don't really know our work. We don't know who we are. And because of depression, because of self dehumanization, self um, and, and devaluation, that we remove ourselves because we don't want to face those who don't look at us or esteem us as we feel we should be esteemed. And so I want to talk about today that how God knows you. He knows your value. He called you. He chose you. And you ought to walk in that confidence, walk in that purpose, and walk in that power that we have through our resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Point of view makes a difference. Knowing where to look and how to look, we're going to talk about that. And I want to point out that Everybody's point of view may not be the right point of view, but the right point of view is God's point of view. And you are good. Let me tell your neighbor who you might be with or, or text somebody or put in the chat and tell, call somebody and saying you are good. You are good. Now, here's the thing about how we know we are good. Our good, our, our value is based on who gives us value. And our value comes from our creator. God, the father who created us in the image of him. And when we understand that he's the one who authenticates and gives us validation of our value, sort of how a curator will a curator will validate artwork or how if you have currency and they will validate the currency to make sure that it is legal tender, knowing what is authentic and what makes something fake or a forgery also helps because you have to first know what is real to compare to see what is fake and what is a forgery. We see now in technology, even in identifications, how they have hidden barcodes and holograms that are illuminated by blue light. You may notice that when you go to the airport and you give your ID and they put it down on a box, that's a blue light to eliminate, to illuminate, to see is this an authentic um, ID or is it a forgery or is it a, a fake? And this information is needed basically to give you access. So once you have authentic, uh, uh, have validated your identity and it's been authenticated, then you are permitted to go past the premises. Uh, same situation with tender, right? Once it's been authenticated, it's been validated that it is legal tender, then you are able to purchase the means of the goods that you need. Those who collect art. Once that piece of art has been authenticated and vindicated, then they're able to either sell it or be able to enjoy it, knowing that it's the genuine article. But again, in order to know what something is real, authentic, and is you first have to know what is the real thing first. You have to compare it to what is the authentic, the authentic, the authenticator or what is valid. And the measurement is our God. Our God is for our measurement, that we ought to be measuring up to him. And he's called us to do what is good, what is holy, what is pleasing, and what is right in his eyesight. He has provided a way for us to be called holy because we cannot be holy on our own. There's nothing we can do by ourselves. We cannot work for it. We cannot pay for it. We cannot reach it. But because of his amazing grace, we have access of being good, of being holy, of being pure, and being righteous before God only through Christ Jesus. And so when you know your value in Christ Jesus, it helps give you 
a, a sense of courage and emboldenment for you to walk in your purpose, walk in your, walk with value, walk with your head up high and validate and validation, knowing that because Jesus died on the cross for your sin, he showed you how much your life is worth. When he stretched, when they stretched him high and they stretched him wide and they pierced his side and he, and he hung his head and, we, and he died for us, he showed us how much we are worth. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever believe him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus made it clear that there's no greater love than this for a man to lay his life down for Another, because you are worth something, he is, he shows you are worth dying for. And since you are worth dying for, hallelujah, then we are to live for the one who died for us. And so we must too now as disciples, followers of Christ, following him as he led, led us to Jerusalem as we studied earlier, now we must pick up our cross and Follow after him. Know what it means to be submissive and surrendering to the will of God. Be willing to die to this world so that we might be alive in the spirit. And so when you're knowing your purpose and you're walking your purpose and you'll be willing to know the peace of God, the joy of God and be in a right relationship with God. Because, you know, the work that God has done through the provision of Jesus Christ, the son of God, who died on the cross for our sins, was buried and defeated death by rising again. And so when we look into our text today in First Peter, uh, it is a letter written to the churches as they've been scattered around. Uh, they have been being persecuted, and so therefore uh, he is trying to encourage them and embolden them to continue to walk in obedience according to the will of God. And so this letter serves not only how an encouragement, also a call to holiness, a call for righteousness. Basically, you are to live as examples of Christians in the areas that you are, though you may be strangers there. He reminds them that you are still citizens united uh, through the glory of God to be citizens in heaven. And in first Peter, we find out he recalls what as a royal priesthood that we are living stones. We represent the body of Christ and we ought to be forming a more beloved community, walking in righteousness and relationship with God. And so when we look at this. Look how we Peter opens up this letter to encourage them to walk in the confidence that we now know after we have celebrated right on Resurrection Sunday, the victory uh, that Christ has given us to have us to be broken of the chains of sin, uh, that we are worth something. We are valuable. We are precious in his sight so much so that we ought to walk in obedience according to his will. And first, Peter, New Living Translation, it opens up this way. Verses one. Through two, it goes, this letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the province of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. When you see this text, I want to highlight here that Peter's pointing out either though that you've been forced out of your homes or living as strangers and foreigners in these strange lands, do not forget you were chosen by God. That means you are valuable. You have purpose. You have a reason to live. And so don't give up. 
in the hardships that you're facing. Don't give up because of the stresses that you're facing. Don't give up because life is full of ups and downs that seem to shake you up and shaking you and, and seems that you feel like you just cannot make it. But know that because of Jesus, hallelujah, because of God's faithfulness, you have the ability and you have the power to overcome. And the one who has chosen you, you are chosen by God. He decided to choose you. Everything that God made is good and you are good because he chose, he made you in his image and he sent the only begotten son of God to die on the cross that you might have life and life more abundant. He's chosen you so that you might spend eternity with him. So while you're going through this earthly journey, don't throw it all away because of the hatred and the animosity that you're facing, but but trust in God that he can give you victory because of the power and the redemption power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so trust him to know what's best for your life. Trust him to guide you in your direction. Don't fall on your own plans and your own decisions, but depend on the Lord. Lean on him and trust in him and allow his loving arms to embrace you and hold you. It reminds you that you are holy. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And by you being saved, then you are declared holy. You're declared righteous. You're in a right relationship with God. And this is the reason he gives you now a purpose. Because of your, your confession of faith, then your response would be obedience to the will of God. Because you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Y'all, you see that there, right there in the text, uh, verse uh, 2. You've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's pointing out again that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, is the perfect sacrifice. He was a willing sacrifice. He submitted and went to the cross on our behalf. And he showed that I will be the sacrifice for the redemption of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there's no redemption of sin. The covenants that God makes with his people, it is established with, with Abraham, is that there's always a sacrifice of blood being done. And so here it is that the perfect sacrifice was God himself clothed in flesh to die and allowing his blood to be shed so that we might be redeemed. And here's the beautiful thing, that the blood that was shed on Calvary was enough. That once sacrifice was enough. That's why we use that saying, the blood still works. It never lose its power. The same blood that was poured down on Calvary is the same blood that has washed us, renewed us, and called us into a wonderful relationship with our God. And so when we see the willing sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to Die on the cross for our sins that we might know the grace and mercy of forgiveness and right relation with God. That we ought to walk in obedience. You see that there in the text is obey him. Obey him. Why do we obey him? We obey him because of what he has done for us. We were created to worship him. We were created to give him glory and honor him. And how we honor how we worship someone was basically through service. In order to serve him, we have to do what he's asked us to do. Think about service for a moment, right? 
when you go to a restaurant and you want the server to serve you what you requested, you don't go there asking them for you to give you one thing and then bring you another. You don't go there saying, I want steak and they bring you bologna. You won't be happy with the service. We are called by God to give him glory and give him honor. But if we're not willing to give God what he asked for us, we're not giving him good service. We're not obeying his commands. We're not following what he's called us to do. And so remind yourself, you were created uh, for worship. We are to move in obedience to the will of God, what will therefore cause us to adore him, to honor him. He, he desires us to praise him because he is good and perfect. And we ought to seek after who is good and perfect. And he's going to guide us in that direction. And so this is also obedience is reflecting our bearing our cross and following after Christ, the son of God. In our response of our salvation, we don't work to be saved. We save. We, we work because we are saved. And so look what he points out. So now if you remember what you've been called, you remember that you've been um, washed by the blood of the land. You remember that he died on the cross for your sins. And you remember in response to this, you're going to obey him. Then this is also lead to you to bless him, uh, to praise him, uh, to throw good tidings or good words, basically exaltation unto God. When we look at verses three through four, it says all praise to God, the father of our Lord Christ Jesus. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that, kept, that, that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and uh, decay. Bless God. We ought to bless God. We ought to worship him. We ought to praise him for our eternal salvation because we have been born Again, we've been washed by the blood of the land. We've been called to new living and new life that we are no longer walking in sin and bondage and damnation. But now we walk with heaven in our view, our perspective of change. Our, we know our worth. We know our value. And so we're now we're walking in this purpose. We're walking uh, in this value. And we are excited when we think about how great is his mercy, brand new mercies we see morning after morning. We know that his faithfulness, his love never fails. So it, it emboldens us and enables us to walk, though we're not perfect, Though we have some hardships, though we have some trials and tribulations, there's some things that are still being worked upon us that change us according to God's will. We do not lose heart. We do not lose faith. But we are trusting in God, depending on God. We just thank God. We bless him that we have been born again. We're not who we want to be, but thank God we're not who we used to be. And so, therefore, we are worshiping him and honoring him, drawing closer to him. And as we draw closer to him, we're drawing closer to the one who who we ought to be reflecting, who we ought to be modeling. So we're moving further away from who we are not to being closer to who we are. And so when we are getting closer to he who is perfect, we are working on our perfection. We are working on our maturity. We're working on to remove those obstacles and those issues of sin 
in our lives does not mean we are sinless, that we are without sin, but it does mean that we sin less, that we have reduced our amount of sin. We're not cursing as much. We're not fornicating as much. We're not lying as much. We're removing these, these negative habits and we're praying more. We're studying more. We're being more generous. We're being more kind. We're being more faithful. We're being uh, able to turn the other cheek and so long suffering. We're able to be and have endurance and put up and pray for those blessed and cursed. Now, this is the sign that we've been born again. We've been changed and washed by the blood of the lamb because of our obedience and how we're worshiping God, blessing God, serving God by doing what he called us to do. And this is, again, not because we deserve it, not because we've earned it, but because of his grace. Grace has saved us. Grace by his amazing grace, we know what it means to be born again. Our value, our purpose is to follow after him. And it's found when we are coming after him. That's why Christ was able to educate us about our value. What does a man profit to gain the whole world but loses his soul? We found our value. We found our worth. We found how precious our life is when we find ourselves in Christ, when we lose ourselves in Christ. That's why verse 4 says that we have a priceless uh, inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach and of change of decay. It means it will not be destroyed, it will not lose value, it will not depreciate, but it's only going to gain value. It is priceless. It cannot be uh, replaced. When we understand that what we have in Christ, hallelujah, will last, is, is a beautiful thing, then we ought to walk in confidence in that and not allow others for you to knock us down. We work because we are saved. We don't, we don't work to become saved. So remember what he's delivered you from and keep your focus on what is good and what is pleasing for the Lord. Walk in the light, live in the light and live under the one who's able to keep us. Look at verse five. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see this joy we have of this right relation with God is like I. Already, but not yet. Right. It says that we have received this salvation, which is ready to be revealed. So we have salvation. But yet we still living in this earthly world, which is going to be destroyed. And so the other part of our salvation is that we'll be saved, that we won't be destroyed with this world. We will be able to inherit the new heaven and the new earth. This precious inheritance that is placed upon us, that's placed in us through our confession of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And so when we are walking in this relationship with God, knowing that I have heaven in my view, I have eternal life in my view. So this world will pass away. This world will never satisfy me, but only you, Jesus, will satisfy. Then I'm I'm waiting for my total completion. But I thank you, Lord. I got a glimpse of it now, that I have a feel of it now, a portion 
of it now, that I know what it means to be saved from death. So the earth can threaten me all it can, how it can destroy me, but hallelujah. But God is able to redeem and get resurrect. And so therefore we'll have a new body over in glory. Don't get caught up with people trying to body shame and knock it down how you look now. But thank God that God sees us better than people will ever see us because in him we are great. So keep on walking in God and knowing that he will protect you. This theme about protection of our God because he knows your value. Think about we protect the things that we value. We protect the things that mean something to us, right? We have video doorbells now, protect packages and watch who's coming to our house, make sure it's not invaded in privacy. We put alarms on our cars to protect the things that are in our car or in, and also to ensure that our car is not, not stolen. We put locks and security on our mobile devices to ensure nobody gets in to our device. We got passwords and, and PIN numbers and all kinds of different codes for all different things in our life for security purpose to protect the things that we value. They have service out there to to protect your ID, to protect your home, that you can pay them for their protection. But here's something that is so reversed from what the world is. God has already paid for your protection. Think about that for a moment. You don't have to put a down payment, but yet Jesus died on the cross. He paid the price so that you will be protected by the love and grace and the mercy of our God. The enemy has entered into kill, steal and destroy. But you got the best alarm possible in confessing Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You are covered 100 percent guaranteed. No denying, no defeat, only victory. In Christ himself. And so when we surrendering to God, he is our provider. He is our protector. He's the one that's going to enable us in the hardships and the problems that we're going to face and the detrimental situations of our lives that we can turn to him and be victorially triumphant in whatever we're going to face. Because in Christ, there is always victory. That's why we get excited. And remind ourselves in time of hardship, in time of pain, in time of sorrow, we can read the 23rd number of Psalm and know that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leading me to ride in the passage for his name's sake. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Now rod and I stand after a comfort that prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Will you anoint my hair with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. When I can think about how I can go through the shadow of death, but even in the presence of my enemies, my God will provide for me. He will protect me because he is my shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I lay my life down for my sheep. My sheep know my name. When we understand we serve a God that has established his life his legacy of protecting and providing his people. We see it in the Exodus narrative, right? When they leave Egypt, God is providing them and protecting them, leading them into the promised land. And even after Moses has passed and they have not yet reached into the promised land, Joshua is left to lead. God reminds Joshua, just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And so when we understand that God will never leave us nor abandon us and that he's going to accomplish his will, we understand that just as he provided with Egypt, 
to promise protection and provision with them from Moses to Joshua. And then now that we have eternal protection and provision through the resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, all we got to do is keep our focus on God and obey his will in times of hardship and time of pain. Storms are raging all around us. Isaiah 26 and 3 reminds us that he will keep you in perfect peace. Those that keep their minds stayed on him. Stay focused on God who has given you victory and deliverance that will give you peace and that will help you to endure the hardships and the sufferings of persecution you are facing in this way, knowing that you are kept. By God's grace, you will not face anything. This world can take you out or be defeat you because great is he that's in us. That he is in this world. There's nothing that God cannot take you through and bring you through because whatever God leads you in. Hallelujah. He's going to take you through. That's why we know we serve an able God, a God that has victory and power to sustain us and keep us. That's why we know Jude 24 and 25 says now glory to God who's able to keep you from falling and and and. And will bring you with great joy into glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time and the presence and beyond all time. Amen. Faith in God will not disappoint us because our God is always going to be victorious. Because he makes us more than the conqueror. So therefore, we bless God for his grace, the grace to endure. First Peter six and seven. So be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong enough. Through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. We know life is hard and it's full of hardships and stresses that we're all going to face in our lives. But remind yourself, you do not need to face them alone. But by God's grace, the one who is able to keep us is going to sustain us. And in this in the sustaining of us, that it says that we're going through this refiner. And through this refiner, through this fire, we'll find a one more precious than pure gold. And, you know, the only way you get pure gold is you have to burn off the excess, the dross, the things that are not pure. You have to bring off the impurities so that you can find the purity. And so there are some things that we're going through in a lot of these trials and tribulations that are peeling away the things that are not like God. So we become more like God. There's a story that says about how the, 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 the gold of the refiner has to purify so much so that he can see himself in reflection. He knows that he has pure gold. And how much more that God made us in his image, he wants to see us in him. And how we want to see God in us. And that comes from our obedience and trusting in his will. And so no matter what we're going through, keep your eyes on the Lord. Walk in obedience to the will of God. And know in this great confidence that no matter what you're going through, God can pull you through. And you'll be better on the other end than when you started. Because that's who our God is. And so live with hope. And this blessed hope, this great expectation, the trust of God, the confidence in God that he's going to deliver us. He's going to redeem us. Your, your hope is valuable because your hope is placed in Christ. Again, we don't just have blanket hope. We have powerful hope because the object of our hope, the object of our hope is the resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
And because of that, it is greater than pure gold. It cannot be it cannot be priced. And so these trials show our genuine faith. Souls is being tested by fire. And so when we remain strong through these trials, it brings much praise and glory to our God to show him that we are more than conquerors. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And as we do this, we think about his love. We think about his mercy towards us. And first Peter eight and nine says you love him, even though you have not seen him, though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. The reward for us obeying and trusting in Jesus is the redemption and salvation of our souls. We love him. We have not physically seen him, but we see him moving in our lives. We see the evidence of God all around. And so we trust him and we want to bring him glory and bring him honor by our obedience according to his will. And so I encourage you to know that your value, know that you bring him glory by being obedient to the will and the work of God. Do not allow someone else to tell you your word. Do not allow somebody else because they don't like the way you look, the way you dress, the way you talk, where you work, where you live, that you are not worth something. You are not less than anything, but you are good because God made you good. Matter of fact, when you look in the Bible, it says after he made man, he said very good because he is so excited about you that look, he sent his son some 42 generations died on a cross some 2,000 years ago that he might have a relationship with you, life with you, peace with you. And so he's giving you purpose. He's giving you value. Don't allow somebody else who does not have a heaven or a hell to put you and do not allow somebody else that does not have all power and all authority tell you who you are and who you are not. But look at God and look at him and see the value he has placed in you, the purpose he has placed in you, that you are irreplaceable. There's no one else like you and you are valuable for this reason that the church needs you. The kingdom of God needs you. More we know our value and our worth individually, the stronger we become collectively because we need to lead by example, what it means to live in a beloved community by loving and caring one for another. Obedience to God leads us to care one for another, to love one another. You've been chosen by God, by his grace, because you confess Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You're trusting in his promise and you're walking in the right relationship with him. So do not be defeated so that you, you will recede and live alone. And secluded life because you don't think you have worth, you have value. But break out of this shell. Break out of this darkness. Break out of this depression. And look towards the light. We open up in a time of worship and meditation. This psalm, we're going to close with this psalm again. Psalm 129. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over you. The Lord keeps watching over you as you come and go, both now and forever.
as Peter writes this letter to the church scattered, he reminds them to walk in obedience. I encourage you to walk in obedience and confidence too, to lift up your head and seek his face. The one by his grace you've been born again, the one by his blood you've been washed and redeemed, the one who died on the cross and defeated death that you might have life and life more abundantly. Know your value, know your purpose, know your worth, and know that there's somebody out there that needs you to know this hope, to know this joy, to know this peace that we have in our Lord and God by you going out and allowing God to use you to be a blessing to somebody else. You are worth it. You are a blessing. You are special. You are God's child, and he loves you. Let us pray. Mighty God, we thank you for great is your faithfulness and great is your love. Father, we thank you for calling us and choosing us and knowing us. Forgive us, God, for times that we've doubted ourselves, we doubted you, and we allowed others to tell us who we are and who we are not. But thank you, Lord, that we are your children. We've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, and we walk in obedience according to your will. Father, there might be someone listening today who does not know Jesus Christ. As their Lord and Savior, Lord, we thank you that your word tells us that they confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins and rose from the grave on the third day. They shall be saved. Lord, I pray that they will seek after your word and they will be obedient disciples of knowing what it means to carry their own cross and follow after you. Father, bless us all that we walk in obedience according to your will, being your children, being your disciples. Live, willing to live, willing to die for you as we're willing to live for you. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for worship today. Uh, comment, like, subscribe through Facebook, YouTube, and uh, join on us on our website. And look forward to fellowship and worship you again. Um, Zion, definitely we are coming close to celebrating our, our church anniversaries. We praise God for 142 years. And so we'll be looking for information to come out to share about our looking to celebrate uh, God blessing us to serve in our community 142 years. Uh, continue to be obedient and trusting in our Lord and our God and walking in faith. God bless you. I love you. Until we meet again, know that Jesus loves you and so do I. Thank you. God bless.